Is God still listening? This is a three-part podcast exploring the Christian perspective on contemporary societal topics. Brought to you by Raw Holloway's Christian Union. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Raw Holloway Christian Union's very first podcast series. This year for Events Week, we're releasing three podcasts. And this first episode is on what is the Bible's relevance today? Joining us for this episode uh, is our special guest, Dave Betts. Hi, Dave. Hello. Uh, it's really great to see you um, or hearing you. Uh, uh, Dave, could you um, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I grew up in in the UK, nearby actually, in a place called Wokingham, and uh, then ended up going to Canada to work for a church there and um, do some Bible school training and all that stuff. And then I came back to the UK with my wife uh, in Ascot, which is where Isaac, you and I first met. And uh, now I'm in Canada again, planting a church, which basically means that we are starting a church here in a place called Red Deer, Alberta, where it is currently minus 20 degrees Celsius. That is cold. Yeah, it's it's not pleasant. Yeah, we had we had snow for one day and I think that was probably enough for all of us. Yeah, and enough social media posts, by the way. I saw about a thousand of them come up on my Facebook feed. You definitely know it snows in the UK. <laughs> uh, everyone is posting about it. Now that we uh, know a bit about you, Dave, um, why don't we jump straight into our topic of what is the Bible's relevance today? Uh, And so the first question that we're going to ask you is what is the Bible's relevance to Christians? Well, we call the Bible the word of God. And there's a very important reason for that. We, We believe that it's the God of the universe speaking to us. So obviously as Christians, we believe that there is a God. Uh, We believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for us and rose again. And we believe in those truths. And and so the the Bible speaks into uh, the history and the process of God's people coming to, to that place where Jesus died for us and rose again. And it also teaches us a whole bunch of stuff about basically how to live life well, how to live a life of flourishing. Um, that's that's essentially what the Bible teaches. It gives us wisdom as believers. It helps us to to love other people well, and you know, it, it has this like timeless understanding of humanity, which is is so beneficial for us. So as, as Christians, it couldn't be more relevant. It, it literally guides everything that we uh, say and do because it's. It's like the gold standard of how to live life, essentially. Great. Yeah, it's clear that the Bible, you know, must have great relevance for Christians. But does it have relevance or impact on on the rest of society? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? We often think that the Bible is, you know, just for Christians. But we believe as Christians that the Bible is relevant for, for everyone. And to be honest, you only have to look at, at history to, to see that. You know, I I think it's... It's plain that Western culture, the culture that many of us have have grown up in, has been drenched in biblical teachings. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about things like the Magna Carta was based on biblical truth. Um, the, you know, the Declaration of Independence in the US was uh, vitally based on the Bible. There's things like the Sermon on the Mount uh, that... Uh, a Harvard professor called Harvey Cox, he says this, he says, the words of the Sermon on the Mount, which is basically a, a, a message from Jesus in the Bible. It says, he says, they are the most luminous, most quoted, most analyzed, most contested, most influential moral and religious discourse in all of human history. 
And it might sound like an overstatement, but it's not. And this is someone who is a secular professor who, who recognizes this. And we see that, you know, without Jesus, there would be, uh, there'd be no Dante. Uh, his, his divine comedy was like the shaper of modern Italian. Uh, Martin Luther shaped the German language through his German Bible. And there was no King James Bible without Jesus, which would uh, shape the English language along with Shakespeare. And uh, with no John of the Cross, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but uh, they say he was the finest poet in the Spanish language. And without Jesus, there would be very few of those. So, so the Bible has shaped history. It's shaped language. It's literally shaped some of our languages. And, uh, you know, there's, there's hospitals and orphanages and universities that are the result of people who have found the Bible to be relevant today. Uh, take the uh, Democrats and Republicans. I don't know if you followed the American election recently, uh, but Biden and Trump both quote from the Bible. Now, I can tell you there's not many things that those two agree on, but they both agree in the value and the relevance of the Bible in modern day life. So, I, I mean, we could go on. I don't think there's probably time to go on, but we could go on for hours about how the Bible has impacted us. I mean, not to mention one more thing, just that wisdom just that wisdom for everyday life. It's timeless wisdom and it's so valuable and helpful. And yeah, in case you can't tell, I think it's a pretty good book. Yeah, no, thank you for that really great range of examples of where anyone can find relevance in the Bible. Okay, so we can say that the Bible itself has relevance to Christians and overall has a great relevance in society. But I think a question that a lot of people have is, can we actually trust the accuracy of, of what is in the Bible? Can we? That is a really crucial question. And it's, it's a really key question. For me, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So I was 19. So I was the age that some of you will be uh, listening right now when I became a Christian. So I grew up thinking that the Bible was full of, you know, just ramblings of old people from olden times that didn't make sense. And in kind of, uh, in Canada, they call it, uh, telephone here we call it Chinese whispers which I, I don't know if we still call it that because it shouldn't it's definitely politically incorrect but you know that idea that you you'd say something and then someone else would say something and it kind of changes over time I used yeah. to think that happened with the Bible and and actually the more I've studied it you know I've been, I've been a Christian now for 13 years and I've got a degree in biblical studies so I've spent a lot of time reading the Bible and you, you find that this Bible that is you know, it's, it's 66 books within in one Bible written by 40 different authors over a period of like 1500 years in, I think, three different continents uh, in three different languages in Hebrew, Aramaic and Greek. You know, like that that is a recipe for a broad, confused book. And yet it is remarkably consistent. The whole book is consistent from start to finish. Now, we have to understand the cultural backgrounds. We have to understand the hist historicity of the Bible. We have to understand the geography and so much of the Bible to, to recognize that. But there's total consistency. And not only that, but we, we would question, you know, well, is it that case of telephone? You know, is, is that the case where it's just changed over time? Well, there's over 5,800 Greek manuscripts of the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible. 5,800. Now to put that into context, there's uh, roughly around 49 completed copies of Aristotle's work and seven copies of Plato's Republic. And th these are, you know, some of the most foundational documents we've ever had, you know, the, the most foundational writings in the history of humanity. And there's 
like one percent of the amount of copies or less of these we've had some going back as far as uh like i think 150 years after the original writing of the new testament now to put that again into context most historical documents are a minimum of 500 years after the original writing so it's way ahead in terms of the closeness to its original writing for a document of that age uh, so you can tell already the case kind of starts to stack up to say hang on this is this is really credible con compared to the the time that it was written but there's uh, there's more you know you might ask the question well what about all those variations in the bible surely it's changed surely it has been a case of that telephone uh, change over time you know but of these variations that we find in those manuscripts here's where it gets really interesting 75 percent of all the variations found in like i say nearly six thousand documents are just spelling mistakes they're they're not like vastly changing the teachings it's just a spelling mistake 75 percent uh, or it's either a, an untranslatable word that doesn't, you know, a word that doesn't translate to English that that doesn't change the meaning of the text or the teaching in any way, and less than one percent, less than one percent are meaningful and viable variants. They're called meaningful and viable variants, which means that they might change what a particular passage teaches, but obviously that's a particular passage in the context of a huge Bible. So if you keep that in mind as well, that we're, we're talking about handwritten documents that have been preserved for 2000 years, that is pretty crazy. And again, one last thing in terms of this variation, remember that we're talking about people who believe that this was the written word of God. If you believe that it is God speaking to you, you're not going to treat that lightly. You know, it's not like we have, we can just print another thousand books like we can today you know you, you had to hand write every single scroll that was out there you know you had to take real good care of this stuff because it was expensive and it was vital because it was the word of god so with all that in mind i think that points to you know an accurate bible not to mention the fact that it's historically consistent um that, that nothing brings any contradiction to the teachings of the bible in 2000 years that's a big deal you know and and for some of you you might think like i did that you just need to believe in the Bible. You need to have like blind faith. I used to think it was kind of like jumping off a cliff and hoping that you don't die. But the more you look at the Bible, the harder it is to find any contradictions or anything that refutes it. And trust me, I've been looking for 12 years and I haven't found anything yet that has yet to, to have an explanation. Now, you might have to do some deep digging, but you get there. I just think that's phenomenal. Thank you. That Yeah, I think some of those figures that you've um, just showed there, are, are astounding when you think about the things that we grow up learning in history lessons and we and we just take that as as fact but there's there's often this misconception of of this mystery around the bible and and actually that it's it's something less of a historical text than than other um historical texts uh, that we all tend to take as fact um that's can i just say as well i think there's something that I really should add as well. One of the reasons we think that the Bible isn't accurate is because of miracles. You know, that's often what we see, right? We see, well, how could there be miracles? How did Jesus heal? How did Jesus rise from the dead? You know, how did all those things happen? Well, the, the thing that we have to, to talk about here is that we have a credible, consistent, historically relevant document. So did those Bible, did those miracles happen or not? I, I think in, in one sense, of course, as a document, the Bible can be trusted. But the question is, is God real? Did Jesus rise from the dead? 
And is this book filled with the divinely inspired words of God? In terms of, if we're asking that question, can we trust the Bible? Those are the questions that you have to be asking. If this isn't the divinely inspired word of God, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then then no, you can't trust this Bible because it would be lying to you, right? If that if it's not the truth, then how could you trust that Bible? Now, the, the question is, if God did exist and if Jesus really did rise from the dead, and these really are the words of God, well, then of course, this is accurate and it's profound. It means that some of the miracles that we would think today, hey, did that really happen? Well, if it's the words of the creator of the universe, then that's kind of a, a big deal, right? You know, yeah, that, that, that challenges our perception on, on miracles. And I think sometimes we have our own perspective on what is what can happen and what can't happen. And then we read that and think, oh, wow, well, it, it doesn't fit with our uh, categories. But I think maybe just maybe this could shift our category so what i would encourage if you're listening and you don't believe in any of this stuff i, I get it but i would encourage you to ask those questions is is god real look into that like look for arguments for god talk to some of the guys from the the christian union here it, did jesus rise from the dead that's the pivotal one because if jesus didn't rise from the dead all of this is for nothing and is this book filled with the divinely inspired words of god is god speaking to us through this book because if he is then we really need to listen. Amazing. Uh, yeah, thank you uh, for that addition there, Dave. Okay, so we've kind of spoken about where the Bible is relevant. Um, and we've now kind of spoken about that there's accuracy and there's you know validity to it. Is it hard for the Bible to be relevant today when as a society, we've it seems like we've moved past some of the things that it talks about uh, and and in a lot of ways, you know, we can look at the Bible and think it's outdated, uh, and it's and it's old, and and that we've we've moved on as as a society, as a human race. Yeah, I, I get that question. Um, you know, I used to have that question myself. You know, it, it's a it's a fair question. I read someone say once that the Bible is out of date, like kind of like a manual for an obsolete computer. You know, that's that's kind of how that he mm. he referenced it, but computers change but human nature doesn't that's that's what i would say you know the computer that we had 20 years ago is not the same but but our human condition our human nature is the same now the way we respond as humans to the situation around us change but our fundamental nature is the same as it was 2000 years ago nothing's nothing's changed that way uh, it says you know in, in ecclesiastes which is a book in the bible it says uh, that there's nothing new under the sun essentially saying hey you know what we see these cycles again and again. You only have to look at the 90s comeback in fashion to realize that there's nothing new under the sun, right? It just happens. We know that. There's a few things. In order to understand this, this idea that the Bible is outdated, you know, and for me to say, actually, the Bible is not outdated, we need to do a few things. Firstly, we need to understand the culture in which the Bible was written. That's really important because although the, the teachings of the Bible are timeless, the culture wasn't. For example, you know, some of the Old Testament teachings in you know these these really intense books like Leviticus, there's all these intense things like you can't stew a goat in its mother's milk. Well, you know that is not relevant to us, but it's also not irrelevant to New Testament believers because there used to be talk about you know you'd have to you couldn't eat certain meats things like that. Well, this was a a people who were living in the desert at the time and they didn't have the healthcare system and things like that that we have now, and and so you know you can argue justifiably that a lot of these teachings were to help people live well in their culture 
And as we get to the New Testament, if you understand the fullness of the Bible, you see that a lot of those laws were actually kind of rescinded. It was like, well, we're under a new law now, and that's under Jesus coming. There's a new law. So it's understanding the broadness. So, for example, again, another one might be we've heard the Bible say an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's a classic one that people use who don't understand the fullness of the Bible. But in the New Testament, Jesus teaches on that and says, no, 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 no. If someone hits you, turn the other cheek. You probably heard that one as well, but that's the relevant one because Jesus came to usher in a new way of living. The Old Testament uh, is very important, and there's lots we could talk about there. But but a lot a lot of the Old Testament was culturally relevant for their time and has moved into a different realm. So you have to see what the culture was then, and the New Testament is where it all changes. So with that in mind, that's the first thing we look at the culture. The, the second thing is you recognise that some of these. Some of these challenging issues like women's rights and racism and things like that, they're, they're commonly talked about as being, you know, the Bible being like outrageously patriarchal and so on. And, and, and it, it, it condones slavery. Now, we're not going to go into too much uh, detail here because I think you're going to be talking about racial injustice in the next episode, actually. But, um, but we are, we see in those things, there's, where do we even start? So with, with the women's rights issue, God used women in a way that was unheard of in that cultural time. And I don't mean use women in a negative sense. I meant God works powerfully through women in a way that was unheard of in those societies at the time. He was breaking ground in the way that he uh, used women to accomplish incredible things. So we've got people like Mary and Martha and Elizabeth and Deborah and Sarah and Esther and Ruth. And you might not have heard of any of those people, but just look them up. They do amazing things for the kingdom of God. He put them in these genealogies, which was unheard of in tribes and societies of, of those days. God was far more progressive than anyone else in that society and okay we are we are in a place where we read stuff looking into those cultural norms and think oh it's sexist but i would say and i would argue it couldn't be further from the truth the bible is the paramount book that teaches us about equality and the same goes for racial injustice a quick thing i would say is that you know, slavery is never condoned in the bible when we talk about racism, that's probably the most important thing we're talking about biblically. There is slavery in the Bible, but it is never, ever condoned. It's The Bible doesn't shy away from these difficult things. It doesn't pretend that slavery exists. It doesn't celebrate it. It is just a thing. And actually in, say, the book of Colossians, which is in the New Testament, the author there actually encourages people and it then skips into the, the letter, a letter called, to a guy called Philemon. And they really say, hey, this, this slave, a guy called Onesimus, treat him like a brother. Now that doesn't sound much to me like a, 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 a celebration of racial injustice, but actually a condemnation of the racial injustice that was there at the time. And, and slavery, of course, wasn't just a racial thing at that time. It was applicable to all people. Lots of people were slaves and some people would choose to go into slavery, but that's beside the point. Uh, the last thing I'd say is that the, the Bible is fundamentally about hope. It's about uh, the hope that we have in Jesus. And that is relevant to anyone. That does not become outdated. You know, much of the, the teaching, we're looking at teaching from a world 2,000 to 3,500 years ago. So a lot of the cultural norms have changed. But the teaching, as I think we talked about this before already, it, it still addresses that fundamental human condition that doesn't change. And that's what's really exciting about the Bible. So, yeah, it, it, at first glance, 
I can totally understand why you think, hey, this Bible is so out of date. But when you dig deeper, when you understand the culture, when you recognize that God is a God of equality and a God who loves all people, you recognize that actually this is a book of hope, a book to be celebrated because we can have hope in the living and risen Jesus, which is awesome. I hope that answers the question. I'm sorry. I know I rambled a little bit there. No, I, I, I think it does really well. Thank you. Um, we're going to come to an end of this episode, but that's, that's not it from us as the Christian Union. We have two more episodes coming up, one coming out tomorrow and the next coming out on Thursday. And on Friday, uh, you are more than welcome to join us online uh, on our YouTube channel for Gorilla Christian, where we will be hosting a, a panel of Christians who you get to ask any question you would like to. And this panel will then uh, give you the best answer they can from the Bible and their own experiences and, uh, and knowledge. And I can announce that the first guest for that is uh, Dave Betts. Woo. I'm super excited about that. That didn't sound at all like I was excited, but I actually am really excited. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, yeah, if you've enjoyed listening to Dave, then um, be sure to tune in to Rilla Christian. But uh, Dave, you also have a podcast of your own. I wonder if you want to plug that for us. Sure. We have a podcast and my wife and I called the Simple Faith Podcast. And the idea behind it is to talk about all these churchy things in very normal ways. And so we approach some difficult subjects and some important subjects. And I think there's about 37 episodes on there now. We're having a bit of a break while we figure out parenthood. Um, we'll be back in April. Uh, if you're interested, just search for the Simple Faith Podcast on Spotify or Google Play or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Super easy to find and uh, yeah, really great podcast. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Thank you, Dave, for joining us for our first episode. And um, we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to episode one of Is God Still Listening? There's two more episodes for you to enjoy and they'll be dropping on Tuesday and Thursday this week. If this podcast has left you with any questions, we'd love to invite you to our Gorilla Christian event on Friday the 19th of February. This is a great opportunity for you to ask our three podcast guests any questions you might have about faith or about the topics that we've covered today. Alternatively, if you'd like to chat or read the Bible with one of us, please get in touch with us via our Instagram at rawholloway.cu. That's at rawholloway.cu. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.